0: Maybe seated as we walk through Psalm 25 together. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Me in your truth and teach me. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenants and his testimonies. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you exalted your Son to the place of all honor and authority. Enlighten our minds by your Holy Spirit, that confessing Jesus as Lord, we may let be led into all truth. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: Good morning. Our Old Testament reading today is found from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then continuing on, 25 through 32. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten uh, sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? When a righteous person turns away from his righteousness, And does injustice, he shall die for it. For the injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, when a wicked person turns away from the wickedness he has committed, and does what is just and right, he shall save his life. Because he considered and turned away from all the transgressions that he had committed, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of, of Israel, For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading today is found in Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 12 through 30. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence... So in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, Brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all, and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor, such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. And from Matthew's gospel in the 21st chapter. And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd. For they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. I invite our young ones up to- to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this morning where you gather us together into your house to hear your word and receive your gifts. We pray you also move by your spirit and remove distractions from our hearts and minds. Let us rest in the promises of salvation, grace, and mercy, and your steadfast love which you have shown us in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, there's a bright note, isn't it? I mean, imagine if that's where Paul started with this entire letter to the Philippians. If that was his call, if that was the beginning of the thought process, the beginning of his word, the beginning of everything that he was trying to instill in their mind. And then imagine receiving that letter. How might it make you feel? Probably a little tense, a little unsure. Uh, Maybe good for a little while when you say, yeah, you know what? This past week's been a pretty good week. I got a lot of good stuff done. But more than likely, there'd be a week that would come along and you'd start to wonder, did I really work it out all that well, right? As you remember walking through uh, the letter to the Philippians during this series, and we've seen Paul in places of uh, prison, but more than anything, we've seen him in a place of joy, rejoicing over this fledgling church in Philippi, rejoicing over what God has done through them, rejoicing in their life grounded in Christ and their love for one another and for their neighbors and for him and all of this rejoicing mindset as he thinks back through all the things that God has done through them. We've seen him point them back to the work of Christ. We've seen him point them to this Unbelievable thing, really, that God has done for us in Jesus to take our sins upon himself and then to rise from the grave. And that's kind of where Paul left us this last weekend. And now as we jump in, we get his words. He says, all right, now, obey, another great word, right? When we think about working out our salvation, then he leads that even with, obey now just as you always have and we start saying obey my goodness it sounds like there's a lot of things I got to do with this and there are for sure it's just not the beginning of the conversation right but think through those times when um, God has worked so strongly in your life that you could see his presence and obeying really became pretty easy I mean, you've all had probably good bosses, maybe bad bosses, but a good boss, right? They say, Here, here's some work that needs to get done, and what do you do? You got it. I'm going to go get that done. In fact, your deadline is Friday. I'll get it done by Wednesday, right? Here's the work that needs to be done. I'm going to go get it done because I know that you have done so many things for me, and there's an honor and there's a respect, and there's a, uh, well, in that setting, a fear of not getting it done because if you don't get it done, reprimanding and office visits and maybe a loss of a job, but for a good boss, you'd be willing to do just about anything and get the work done, right? A bad boss, well, I don't know, you might get it done if you want to or some other way, but it might be done with some grumbling and begrudging and those sorts of things. But see, Paul's writing to this church in Philippi, and he's saying, obey, just as you always have, you know, when I was present there with you and you wanted to do things because I was present. But then also, even in my absence, it's been beautiful to see you just doing the things that need to get done, knowing that your foundation is in Christ. See, that's the lead up to these words. Work out your own salvation. See, if we had to work out our own salvation from our own standpoints, Well, that would be pretty scary. I mean, if we were there saying, all right, all of my salvation is dependent upon the works that I have done, well, that would be a troublesome place. Because there would be some good things you'd be able to lift up, but are they perfect things? Are they done absolutely perfectly? Was everything that needed to be done, done? See, we'd only really be able to lift up the things that we knew about, and yet, there might be a lot of things that were left undone like we said in our confession that we confess our sins for the things we've done and the things left undone well how do you know what's left undone sometimes you don't and that gets a little scary right if that's where we were left to work out our own salvation and then to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling something to worry about right But this fear and trembling part is kind of an interesting phrase as well. There should absolutely be an honor and a fear of God. Why? Because he is the one who created everything. He is the one that is above all things. He is the one that has so much more control and power over everything that we should be awestruck at his presence, right? If we weren't awestruck at our God and more awestruck in ourselves, then uh, that would be a pretty small God really. But to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. I remember one of my friends in culinary school, his name's David. He's since died. He's with our Lord now. He actually didn't believe in culinary school. He didn't believe in God during culinary school. He believed in culinary school. We were there together. But he didn't believe in God while we were in culinary school. And it was... A weekend that was coming up, a fun weekend uh, that we were all preparing for, trying to get things done because Julia Child was coming to the culinary school. Pretty big name in the cooking world. You've probably heard of her. Uh, And as we were going, he started to, like, shake. And it wasn't just because of the Red Bulls that he would drink all the time, but he actually started to, like, tremble and shake because we were prepping a dinner for Julia Child. And I was like, that's cool. All right. You know. I didn't get to go see her at all. I was just back in the kitchen. He actually got to take some of the food out and serve her. And the weight of that moment and the weight of everything that was going on in that moment made him physically shake. It was really quite interesting to watch. To see him not only prepare the food, but then also get that food and go take it to her. And the nerves that were there, the excitement that was there, it wasn't just a fear of, oh, my goodness, what's she going to say, but more of a moment of, look at whose presence I get to go walk into. Have you ever been in a spot like that at all? Like someone you've really looked up to in life, and all of a sudden they're going to sit with you for a little while. You just get excited. Or tell a little kid that you're going somewhere special. What's on their mind 24-7 as the weeks go on? That one thing. It wouldn't matter that they have to go to school all the way up until that time and obey now as they always have been and keep going, but they would have this one thing on their mind that they are so excited about, telling all their friends about, and super just nervous and excited, right? A trembling of excitement. Paul's calling the Philippians, to work out their salvation, do the things that God has given them to do with fear and trembling, knowing who it is that has given them the work to do, but also the excitement in order to do the work for him, for the benefit of the people that are around us. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Why? For it is God who is in you, both to will and to work, to do it. It's pretty easy from time to time to forget about the fact that God is present with you 24-7. That God is present with you outside of Sunday morning. That God is present with you giving you things to do for the benefit of the folks around you, but handing it over to you so that you can go get work done. So that you can go take care of the folks around. So that you can do these things that he has called you to do with an excitement and a joy Because it's God who's with you. In case you're wondering, God's way bigger than Julia Child. And that excitement, though, was a beautiful thing to see change in David's mind, my friend. After graduation, after that was all done, many years later, we had parted ways. And then as life went on, he had become sick And I started to see a change in what he would write and how he would talk. And when we would talk on the phone, it was no longer simply an excitement about the food career and those kind of things, but it was an excitement about his Savior. It was an excitement about his Lord. And there was a fear there, a fear that there was way too much life ahead of time that would knock him out of the running, right? Right? that he wouldn't actually be saved, that he wouldn't actually be forgiven, that there was just way too many things done. And so there was a deep-rooted fear that was there, yet there was a trembling of an excitement of knowing that what Christ had done on his behalf forgave him of all those things. There was a huge wrestling in his heart in those later days. But that same excitement That was there that I saw when he went to go take food over to Julia Child was the same excitement I heard in his voice as he was getting sicker and sicker and knew that his Lord was there. Knew that it was him who had worked out his salvation. Knew that it was Jesus himself that was not only present with him in the hospital rooms, but would be present there to welcome him into heaven. Knew that it was him that was there that was giving him words to say to family and friends as he would speak to them about this Lord and Savior. Knew that it was Christ who had worked it all out that it wasn't upon his hands or upon his mind or upon his ability to conjure up his own faith in order to work it out and obey all on his own, but that it was God who was both in him to will and to work to do the things that would glorify our Heavenly Father. Man, that kind of excitement, that kind of fear and trembling is something that I know you've all walked through at some point in time. There's doubts, there's wonders. We, we try to figure out whether or not it is something that we have done that has just crossed the boundary and way too much for God to forgive anymore. As Satan brings up things from either our past or even things in the present. Yet we need to hear Paul's words again to know that everything that God has done for us has been worked out in Christ. It was the whole beginning of the book the whole first chapter and the beginning of the second chapter is pointing us back to jesus this man who came down into a broken world to take upon himself that very brokenness bury it and rise again to make things whole again and hand over that whole relationship to you so that you would have a fixed relationship before the father paul's not talking to the whole world of greece at this point or Rome, or anywhere around there, even all the people in Philippi. He's not talking to all of them. See, if it was a speech to all of them, and he said, work out your own salvation, then we'd all be starting from a level playing field, and he'd be saying, all right, now go and do all the work that needs to be done so that you would be saved, but that's not who he's talking to. He's talking to your brothers and sisters in Christ, He's talking to the folks that were there that believed in the fact that Jesus had worked out all of their salvation just as he has for you. And now he's saying live in that salvation. Let that salvation change your mindset. Knowing that you don't need to go to the Father and prove to him all the things that you've done, but that you get to work in the life and the grace and the steadfast love and the mercy of Jesus himself, the very one who has taken your sins upon him, forgiven you and then send you out. So that you can speak that same word to the folks that need to hear it. So that you can care for one another. So that in that work that needs to be done, you get to do it with the excitement about the fact that the Lord is present with you while you do it. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who is both in you to will and to work to get it done. And a few sentences later, I don't remember it exactly, but it had something to do with the fact that it's in Christ who holds on to you that this gets done. See, as much as we look at the works that we need to do, we need to remember that in all that Christ has done for you, he never lets go of you, continues to be present with you, continues to lift you up. And in the times where we may want to grumble and complain about those things, Paul encourages us once again, he goes, don't, no. Stop the grumbling. You've got the Lord of all of heaven and earth, the King of kings and the Prince of peace right there with you. No need to grumble at all. In fact, you can rejoice in the fact that when the times of suffering come, even as he says, it would be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice of their faith, right? Something that God has put him through for the benefit of the people in Philippi as God works faith in them both to will and to work to get the things done that glorify him as he works through them and points them back to their own salvation in Christ as well as speak those words of salvation to others. And he says in the middle of all of that, no grumblings necessary. You can work it with a smile on your face knowing that it is Christ our Lord who's present with you in the midst of it. David, like I said, had absolutely rested in those same promises of Christ. And that day came where we finally got a notice from the family that uh, he had died in the hospital. And uh, it was a sad moment, absolutely. Talented guy in the kitchens. But to know that he was now in the presence of our Lord. I have no idea of Julia Child's faith. But if she's there, I'm sure she'd be amazed at the wedding feast of the Lamb as well, just as much as David was. But to rest there and eat in peace, to be there in the presence of God, no more fear, no more trembling, but a perfect peace as God had gathered his children together. And he gathers you together. He gathers you together in peace with one another. He gathers you together in joy with one another. He gathers you together to feed you of himself, to give you of his presence in your hands and in your mouth with the bread and the wine and his body and blood to remind you once again that he is present with you, that he is here with you. So that when those fears As we are awestruck by the fact that our God's presence is here, you can come in excitement knowing that he's here with you in forgiveness. But then to know that he promises to remain with you. So that as you walk from this place into all the places where he takes you and all the works that he sets up for you to do, with all the days that he has lined up ahead of you to do, he is there both to will and to work in you so that you would see your salvation worked out in Christ and others would know of that same salvation worked out for them in Christ. What a beautiful thing we get to do. To be able to live in that faith that Christ has worked out for us, that your salvation is set and secure in the work that Christ has done. And to live in that faith is a beautiful thing. Your salvation, it's all worked out. Now you can look at each day with a smile and joy, knowing that it's Christ who has done it all for you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done as you have worked out our salvation through your Son. We pray that you would lead us each day by your Spirit as you guide us in obeying your word, obeying the one that would continue to give us life, obeying so that all those around would know of your goodness that we can joyfully do the work that you send us out to do, knowing that you have done everything for us in Jesus. And so we pray that when our eyes are taken off of Christ, you continue to work by your spirit to point them back to Jesus, the one who has worked out our salvation and lets us rest in that very same promise of your steadfast love. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise.